Hello, this is Father David Nix on the Padre Peregrino podcast. This is Theology and Current Events, number 54, Liz Yor on the Open Borders. I want to give you guys Liz's CV, her curriculum vitae, probably one of the most impressive I've ever had on the show, and you've uh, we've talked with Liz before. Elizabeth Yor is a graduate of Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. and Loyola School of Chicago, Loyola School of Law in Chicago, rather, where she earned her J.D., She's an international child advocate attorney who specialized in the investigation of missing, abducted, exploited, and trafficked children, often working with the FBI in such projects. And then she was also general counsel for the Illinois Department of Child and Family Services, DCFS, where she created the nation's first child welfare missing wards unit. That unit identified, tracked, and recovered missing DCFS wards and investigated clergy abuse cases. Under her leadership, she headed up the first child trafficking federal prosecution of DCFS wards. Liz also served as both general counsel and director of the International Division of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, NCMEC, in Arlington, Virginia, which serves not only national children, but exploited children globally. And she serves as a coalition partner for Save the Persecuted Christians. Liz is the founder of YourChildren.com and the Global Center for Protection of the Family. Finally, she also frequently appears on Steve Bannon's War Room and LifeSite News. Liz, it's an honor to have you join me today. Thank you, Father. It's great to be with you. And so Liz is a uh, busy lady. I'm definitely honored that uh, with all of her time with uh, the big hitters like uh, Steve Bannon and, and LifeSite News, she has time for today. But a lot of you saw the letter that she put up on her blog. I know Frank Walker must have had like five or 10 hyperlinks uh, to that shocking letter uh, from Kevin Brock. Now, Kevin Brock's the retired assistant director of the Directorate of Intelligence at the FBI. And this letter was signed by him and Mr. Chris Swecker, who is retired assistant director to the Criminal Investigative Division of the FBI. They wrote a letter to the Congressional Committee. And the reason today's show is not going on YouTube is we're going to talk a lot about open borders, we're going to talk about the FBI. We're going to talk about what it means to have up to 10 million people that have come in illegally under Joe Biden. And then we might tie all of this to Russia and Fatima if we have time at the end. But Liz, when you put that um, when you put that letter to the uh, congressional committee on your on your blog, did you know it was going to get that much traction? Uh, yes, because I titled it intentionally the bombshell letter every American should read. And I still feel that um, because I think it's been a suppressed story about what's going on in the border and why I was so compelled to really promote this letter that these 10 former FBI executives wrote to the head of Homeland Security is because, or to the, to the Congress is because I, I've worked with some of these guys on a number of cases, some child exploitation cases, some clergy abuse cases. I know the quality of these guys. They're just the finest men I ever worked with in the FBI. Now I work with some FBI agents who's like pulling teeth to try and get them to get involved in child exploitation cases, but not these guys. Um, they were actually ahead of the curve, um, just opened all sorts of doors to help find and end child exploitation and really um, went above and beyond. So when they were, you know, the red blinking light is going off on this nation and we have got to pay attention. I think some of the 
you know, phrases and and insights that they brought to this letter based on their wide experience in the FBI. First of all, they said um, they the massive invasion of our country at the southern border by quote military age men from across the globe, many from countries or regions not friendly to the United States are landing in waves on our soil by the thousands. I mean, that's it's really a frightening, frightening statement. They go on to give a really disturbing profile of these invaders. Quote, it would be difficult to overstate the danger represented by the presence inside our borders of what is comparatively a multi-division army of young, single adult males from hostile nations and regions whose background, intent, or allegiance is completely unknown. They go on to describe this profile. Since 2021, young men traveling alone with questionable motivations became the most common profile of breaching our nation's borders. In fact, many of these guys, a startling number, quote, have been found on the terrorist watch list or are from state sponsors of terror nations, distinctly unfriendly to the United States. Some from China, Russia, and countries with aspirations to devastate the national infrastructure of the United States. Most troubling is the warning that the FBI has devoted relatively little discussion to the dangers of the open borders. Finally, it goes on to say, this letter says, these men, the one, the invaders, are potential operators in what appears to be an accelerated and strategic penetration, a soft invasion designed to gain internal access to a country that cannot be invaded militarily in order to inflict catastrophic damage if and when the enemy deems necessary. And they finally end with the call. The threat we call out today is new and unfamiliar. In its modern history, the United States has never suffered an invasion of the homeland. And yet one is unfolding now. Military age men from across the globe, many from countries or regions not friendly, are landing in waves. I might add that there are approximately, you know, they have now started keeping track of where people, both women, children, um, military age men, there's approximately 160 countries that have sent people or people from those countries. Now, you know, to discuss you know, the absolute chaos that this is impacting our social services, our schools, our hospitals, many hospitals are overwhelmed, um, housing. Um, there have been, you know, the kind of the discussion right now is 10 million invaders in the last three years under the Biden administration, 10 million people. That's more than many, many large cities in America. Um, secondly, mm -hmm. the... Now we're seeing the red flashing light all of a sudden, you know, from the FBI. I was like, well, what have you been doing for the last 
you know, three years. And um, and I'm sure many of you, our audience has seen this Ohio sheriff who went to a training um, by the FBI. And now the FBI is going to the, the local sheriffs and saying, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, we're expecting terror attacks. So we just wanted to let you know. Well, this Ohio sheriff was really shaken up by the intelligence that was provided by the FBI to many sheriffs from, you know, hundreds of counties around the United States this week. And I would encourage people to go to Breitbart uh, and Google gangs in New York. What they are now seeing is a major influx of gangs from Venezuela, vicious, brutal gangs, um, drug cartels from ben Venezuela as joining up with MS-13. And they have sent all their people into these major cities. Um, and the violence is absolutely astonishing. I think we're calling them getaways, but really they should just be called um, let them cross the border aways. Well, the getaways are the ones that we're most concerned about because they're not coming through the process at the border. The yeah. process at the border, many are getting phones. They get um, $2,000 a month um, in you know, a grant. Um, they get um, the ability to fly in into the United States with a plane ticket, a train ticket. So those 800,000, just think about that, 800,000 yeah. who do not want the benefits are the ones that we are extremely concerned about. 800,000 people don't need the benefits at the border. Um, and so yeah. and Chris Ray was also talking, I think this week or last week, about um, the the dangers in the United States at the border with these you know getaways and my concern is you know although we're seeing certainly in the big cities some of them they're being put into you know, old schools abandoned schools abandoned warehouses um, but those others who want to harm us you know people need to remember and we all have short memories yeah. it only took nineteen. 19 illegal aliens uh you know who brought us to our knees this country um who took down the raid the world trade center 19 and we're talking about 10 million people That's we right. don't know where they are we don't know who they are you know one of the things that really you know this is my bailiwick child exploitation and um uh child trafficking one of the things that Trump did to great criticism from the mainstream media, he separated families at the border because the purpose of that was to do DNA testing of both the children and the people who were accompanying them. Because um, as we know, there's children are being recycled back and forth because if you're bringing in a child, you're getting more money. Um, and so what they found at the border was one third, one third, this is during the Trump administration, these children were not related to the people who said that they were related to, to them. Um, and the moment Joe Biden came into office, the DNA testing stopped. And so I think there's a lot of people in the United States that think this is kind of a a balance between conservatives and liberals give and take a little bit. The liberals say, well, if the conservatives can just give a little bit and let the immigrants come and we can share their tax money with them. And the conservatives sort of see it in the same way. Well, we don't want to give any more tax money. 
What you have to realize for the people crossing the border right now is the only people truly benefiting financially from this are the cartels. The cartels are getting $5,000 a head. People mm -hmm. in this country are paying through the nose um, for the people crossing the border. But the people crossing the border, it's not like they're winning either. They're getting um, uh, raped, trafficked, harmed in unspeakable ways as they cross. The only people truly benefiting from this are the cartels getting $5,000 a head. Well, and, you know, what people need to remember is each year in America, 100,000 of our young Americans are dying of fentanyl overdose. Yes. And they're coming strictly from China, uh, through the Mexican cartels, and then over the border. 100,000. I mean, that's a staggering. That's more than died in Vietnam. And it's happening year after year after year. And what people need to understand is that the legal immigration system in the United States allows for legally 1 million people each year. That's, we're the most generous country in the world. And anybody who has come into, come into this country legally, waited many years to come in, uh, learned English, took civics, took a test understanding what the basic constitution um, is, the representative government, um, what you know, the, the laws are in this country. That is what the immigration system is all about, to ensure that the people who are coming here want to be Americans and, right. and are willing to pay the price to be Americans, to be lawful people who wait their turn. The let me explain two things. The asylum system is the only system, and it's a very small, narrow um, category of people that are allowed to come into this United States to claim that they are fleeing oppression or persecution, um, political persecution in their home country. Um, everybody coming over is being told in Mexico or at the border, just claim asylum. 99% of the people are economic migrants and they are not entitled to asylum. Econo just because you want a better life does not entitle you to um, stay in this country or cross the border illegally. Um, and, and so, you know, what I believe, this is obviously, you know, in research on um, the studies that are going on, we know that the UN is driving and pouring Million, hundreds of millions of dollars into this effort, this migration effort, as they did in 2015 into Europe. Anybody who has watched Europe, despite the um, media um, suppression, the disastrous impact of the 2015-2016 migration from Syria, Libya into Europe has spiked crime, uh, driven up inflation, destroyed communities. It has been an absolute catastrophe. Look at Sweden, look at Germany, um, look at Norway, um, England, France. Um, the Christian civilization is being collapsed. The United States, as we know, has been the beacon of freedom because people come here loving this country, working hard for this country, earning a living, um, obeying its laws, and that has made this the greatest country in the world, a beacon of freedom. That has been changing with 10 million people. Um, you know, obviously, it's to 
increase the number of Democratic voters. Obviously, it's to get cheaper labor for the wealthy. Um, obviously, it is to collapse the cities and the metropolitan areas. Look, a place like Illinois, where I live, the city of Chicago is the main economic engine for the state. Same thing, New York City. Same thing, San Francisco. Those major metropolitan areas are are being collapsed at, under the weight of poverty, under the weight of terrible violent crime, chaos. And um, so we're seeing those things that made our country great being collapsed. And we have no idea. I mean, no idea the impact of what 10 million people um, who we don't know where they are. We don't know who they are. Um, they have just been brought in. And um, one of the things that I've done, Father, is really research what's how this is impacting what we call the unaccompanied minor children Yeah, that are coming over the border. Um, hundreds of thousands, millions of, of these children. And there have been a number of Office of Inspector General reports by HHS um, about the policies and procedures of the Biden administration. What is happening to these children? And, um, you know, as somebody who has been in child welfare, I, I got to tell you. Yeah, what I, is what is happening to these children? Um, let me just, I'm going to give you what I found to be, you know, the most chilling, the most chilling highlights. And, um, and one of the things that, you know, first of all, they have seen, as an aside, as I look for these OIG reports, um, they have found that there are, over 100,000 Chinese, you heard it, Chinese military age men who have crossed the border and have disappeared. And um, so we we are seeing, we are seeing obviously, um, and you can't get out of China. I mean, if you know anything yeah, about the government of China, right. you cannot get out unless the government approves you to get, get out. It's not and, an accident. No, and the... Um, the OIG report went into looking for what is happening with these children. Um, and what they found is, and you know, it's for, for people, um, for people who have no idea, um, these are children who are in a strange country, do not speak the language, um, are not generally with people they know. Uh, many have been turned over to cartel members by their parents, hoping that their parents, their parents hope that they will have a better life. So when they come over the border, these UACs, they're called unaccompanied minor children. As I said, there's no more DNA testing. Um, and some of these kids just have a piece of paper with a phone number of a place that they're supposed to go in the United States. They don't know if that phone number has been written by a cartel member or who, or their parents. Um, but the first finding is, is that the Biden administration does not even know who the sponsors are or who is arriving in the United States with the children. Now think about this. Yeah. We, you know, we're putting children with quote unquote sponsors. Many of these sponsors according to the uh, OIG report, are illegal themselves. Um, and many of these sponsors, they're not, there's not a long process of 
you know, vetting them like we do in the child welfare system. If mm-hmm. you want to be a foster parent, you have to go through six to eight weeks of training. You're There's background checks. There's, you know, you, ex- inspection of your home. Everybody who lives there gets a bit. Ba- I mean, it's very, very detailed and exhaustive. They come and check at the house repeatedly. They make unannounced visits to make sure that the kids are protected. They check with the schools to make sure that the foster kids are doing well. So that's what should be done. Okay, at a bare minimum, right? The Biden administration doesn't even know who the people are that they're dumping these children with. They're literally, and by that I mean, once they cross the border, the Biden administration is giving Catholic charities, um, Jewish relief services, Lutheran social services, these social services groups, they're giving them hundreds of millions of dollars to what I argue, um, facilitate in the trafficking of children, bringing them in. Somebody said use running an Uber service. Okay, so all right, they don't know who the sponsors are. These little kids. Um, so from- so wait, real quick, the motivation. So these two services as you just named, Biden administration's giving our tax money to them to yes. essentially traffic these children. That's correct. Correct. Biden administration doesn't have enough federal employees to do this work. So they use contract workers. Those are Catholic charities, all these social service organizations that are very happy to get hundreds of millions of dollars in grants to do this work. Um, and you, and Caritas um, International, which is a Catholic organization, Catholic Relief Services, and other, just a variety of Catholic agencies, some of which people don't even know, including Catholic charities, are on both sides of the border, telling people, um, make sure you say you're an asylum seeker, make sure you, you know, say this, you that, and, you know, just give them the talking points, many of which are lies. Finding number two, um, the OIG said and found that the Biden administration is not requiring fingerprint checks for household members where these children are being dropped. In other words, there's no criminal background checks. They could be putting these children in, I suspect they are, and we already know from Tara Rojas, who is a whistleblower, you can look up Tara Rojas um, on YouTube and you'll see all of her um, brave reporting. Um, they, that, you know, obviously my experience has been that where children are is where predators are. Predators are very, very clever and very knowledgeable about these are vulnerable children who are relying on adults to feed them, to to supply whatever needs they have, to house them. So these children are very much dependent on their caregivers or their sponsors. And we don't even know um, who these people are. And which, which to me is just shocking. I mean, in, you know, technological age, we should be able to, you know, punch in a name and find out very quickly what their um, criminal background is, but they're not even doing that. What they're doing, Father, is they got to move these kids into the interior of the United States fast, fast, fast. They don't want pictures at the border of tens of, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people waiting for background checks, waiting for screening, waiting for DNA. So they've got, they're just moving them up and out at great peril of these children. 
another finding by the OIG of the HHS. Um, there is, they're expediting placement of children in ways they have never seen before. Many of them, um, at one point in March of 2021, over 18,000 um, people were coming across the border in that month. I mean, it's it's just absolutely chaos. And that, by the way, that still maintains high levels of crossing the border. Um, if someone, for example, um, refuses to cooperate with agent, like a sponsor, you know, says, yeah, I'll take two kids. And, this, and if they say, well, you know, can we look at your house? No. Well, would you be willing to do a background check? No. They still place the children with the, these guys. I mean, it's just, and in many respects, this is finding number five. They don't even look at the, see, eyes on the sponsor, eyes on the living conditions of where they put these children. I mean, it's just shocking to me. There's no home studies. It's, you know, it is, if we think that human trafficking is a problem now, well, Katie, bar the door. They, they have no idea of where these kids are, who these kids are with. Um, we know, now we know that there are, they've just done like a random study, you know, calling the homes of where the sponsors are to ask to speak to the kids. Now they're finding out that 100,000, at least 100,000 children are missing. Missing. They're not at the home where they're supposed to be. Gone disappeared into the interior of the United States. I mean, it is catastrophic. So, I mean, this is, I have to be honest, this is a hundred times worse than I imagined when I asked you on in my show, because I thought we were just going to talk about potential terrorism and stuff. I didn't realize we were talking um, global trafficking at the level of six figures coming into this uh, into this country of, of children. Um, is this for organ harvesting? Is it sex trafficking? Is it slave labor? What are these kids going to be used for? I think it's all of the above. Um, obviously, it's all of the above, you know, as people and those of us who've been in the business, unfortunately, know is that um, children can be exploited time and time again. They're a valuable resource. Once you sell drugs, you sell drugs. The asset is gone, right? But not with children. Um, cheap, cheap labor. We know already there have been stories that have popped up recently of children, underage children being in, you know, manufacturing businesses in the South, just you know, 13, 14 year cheap labor. And these kids, these kids don't know what their rights are. Um, and additionally, you know, they're turning over any money that they make to the cartel because the cartel says, you owe me $5,000. Of course, that never gets paid off, right? So they're right. owned by the cartel or owned by their sponsor. Um, there is literally no way to track and monitor children. None. They're they're just they're it's they're disappeared, and um, I mean, and so this is know, this is just absolutely blowing me away, Liz. So this is going to sound a little bit off topic, but uh, there's a man named Peter Santanello. He's got several million subscribers on YouTube, and he's truly a moderate. I know there's like almost no moderates left in our country. He's really not a liberal. He's really not a conservative. And what he does is he takes his GoPro and he goes to different subcultures of America, the Chicanos of East L.A., the gangs of Chicago. He goes to a guy who's lived off the grid in Appalachia. And one of the ones he did, actually he's done several on these, he will go interview sheriffs in Arizona and Texas 
at the border. And one of the things that he's shown with the sheriffs in Arizona is they will go down into the dirt and they'll look through all these IDs, all the money that people leave there. And it's from about 178, 170 different countries. Yeah. And so what they, and again, I want everyone to hear this is, this guy is not, in fact, I would, he's probably a little bit left of center, but he's just doing basically how people did journalism in the nineties. Like he's just objective about it. And when you see him at the border with the Arizona sheriff and they're going through money and IDs from 170 different countries, again, this is kind of the point I made maybe 45 minutes ago. You can't just picture what we were watching on NBC in the 1980s and the 1990s on this stuff. People from all over the world are coming in. In fact, the sheriff said people from Ukraine, Russia, China, Dubai, they all fly into Mexicali and then they walk across the border. And so... I'd like, Liz, you to talk a little bit about motivation. I mean, we know the motivation is to harm children, use them, organ harvesting, sex slavery, um, and then we have all these putatively religious organizations getting all this money for that. Yeah. What can you name, I mean, middle middle management motivation as, as far as who's coming, why, and then... I mean, big picture on terrorism, is it is it just that Soros is paying for these open borders so that Muslims come here and kill tens of thousands of people? And I'm not asking you to look in a, in a you know, shake the magic eight ball, look in a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen, but you've connected a lot of the dots on motivation for all this. So before, and I know everyone's question is, what can I do about this? But before we get to yeah. the what can I do about it, can you shine a little bit of light on the motivation? Why? Why would people want open borders, hundreds of thousands of kids getting trafficked and potential terrorists, military age males coming across the border? You would think even the left doesn't want to get raped and have people fly airplanes into buildings. You you would think that'd be the case. But what, what's going on? Well, look, George Soros, for as long as I can remember, has been talking about his goal is his number one goal is to destroy the United States, even though he's a citizen. It's to destroy the United States. It's to um, suppress, you know, the uh, the the freedom, shining, you know, a shining city on a hill. They they want to destroy the United States. They don't care about children. They don't, you know, the motivation for coming across is, you know, obviously this is the land of milk and honey. You know, the whole world. If I only lived in America. You know, I could have, you know, four car, you know, the, the image of what they see on TV. So, you know, I suppose the economic motivation is the um, largest motivation for coming across. But, you know, come on. I mean, we know after 9-11, we know uh, that we have plenty of enemies that want to destroy this country from within. A cyber attack, um, some kind of you know, um, destruction um, of our infrastructure and the grid. I mean, there's any number of ways for the United States to be brought to its knees. Um, this this is, in many respects, land that has been blessed with, you know, enormous wealth as what, you know, both in the resources that we have, um, in the infrastructure that we've created in a short 250 years, um, but the rest of the world um, wants to be able to grow food like we're able to grow food. Um, and so there's a number of motivations. Mo- the most disturbing, of course, are the exploitation of children um, and and also the destruction 
of our country by terrorists. Um, we can't be naive. I mean, all we have to you know read read history. Um, and this is we have never had an open border, so they've never. We're in many respects been an island, so we've never had this threat of our borders being um, uh, broken into or wide open. And wide so open. Wide open. A, totally. Yeah, totally. Just walk right across. And so they're going to take. Um, they're going to take advantage of it. And look, this is organized. It's organized by the UN. It's organized by Soros's open society. It's organized using all these NGOs, the religious NGOs. They're using them to do the scut work of getting these people, you know, sending the messages out. You know, there's messages, you know, they're getting messages in Somalia. Now's the time to come over to the United States. This is who you need to reach out to. This is, you know, where you buy your ticket. I mean, there is a network in place. You know, we had the kind of the test run in 2015 in Europe, and it worked like, it just worked like magic, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's destroyed, um, it's destroyed Europe. Anybody who has um, eyes to see can see that. Um, but the real goal was to destroy the United States. Now, there are a lot of benefits for the global elite, whether it's the exploitation of children, whether it's they get organ harvesting and can live forever, you know, that's, you know, the utopia goal that um, the technological um, uh, elites are interested in. But so there's and remember, this isn't on YouTube, so we can use these code words that normally we couldn't. Do you believe in the whole adren adrenochrome thing? Adrenochrome, yeah. Yeah, and it's being used course, transhumanism, mm -hmm. um, you know, look, look at what they talk about, read, you know, watch, watch Klaus Schwab, you know, wa watch Yuval Harari, his little dweeb, that is this transhumanist um, monster um, yeah. that talks about, you know, replacing the, all these useful idiots, um, placing a chip in everybody's brain. Um, we're going to eliminate free will. I mean, these people are playing God. Let um, me give a couple objections, one from the far left and one from yeah. the right, which far right Latin mass world where I am, but I came from the left. And, you know, every Christmas we'll see, and, you know, liberals aren't as good as at memes as conservatives are, but every Christmas we see a couple liberal memes saying Jesus, Mary, and Joseph were illegal immigrants. Well, they, the reason that's false is because they were crossing borders within the Roman Empire, right yes. or wrong, whether the Roman Empire should have taken over Palestine or not. Um, and actually, some of the church fathers surprisingly say they should have because of the crimes of the Jews even before Jesus was alive. But whether or not the Roman Empire should have taken Palestine, it's kind of like the debate, should America have annexed Hawaii? Well, it doesn't matter. It's, it's one of the states now. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus, Mary, and Joseph were crossing um, prov provincial borders that were all in, within the Roman Empire and St. Joseph was inscribing in the census of the Roman Empire. So he was doing everything legally. So that that everything. blows that out of the water. Right. Um, now, a lot of Latin mass Catholics will say, well, this is a Freemasonic Protestant country. It was an experiment doomed to fail from the start. How do you answer that with, or maybe I'm going to, I'll tag a question onto that backdrop is, why does Soros and the UN want to see this country destroyed so intensely? 
Um, well, first of all, <laughs> you know, the global elites are the free Masonics who are behind this, right? Um, they're behind the destruction of the United States. They're behind because it's a um, Judeo-Christian country. Um, it's a country um, that is based on free will, the will of the people. Um, is um, is it's a representative government. The representatives do the um, bidding of the people. Um, it's you know this is an anathema to the globalists who want to play God, who want to control lives, who do not want to tell you what to eat, bugs, um, where you can live, fifteen minutes city, um, how many children you can have. I mean, this is the China model. Um, put on top of that. You know, the ability of this, you know, this country to produce um, welfare and commerce and and food and, you know, the great imagination that comes from having a free society. You know, why do you think um, China steals all of our technology? You know, because we have had the ability because of in the past, because of the because we have education system, a free system that allows us to um, be entrepreneurs, to create without asking the government, oh, can I, can I do this? Which is what they do in China. No, China tells you, you will be an engineer for the next 30 years. You will clean toilets for the next, based on, you know, what our uh, social credit store and uh, score and profile of you is. I mean, that's, that's the reality of China. Um, also, it's the, uh, the destruction of uh, the belief in Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is our King and Savior, and um, He, we owe our allegiance first and foremost to Christ, and that uh, too is an anathema to the global elites, the Klaus Schwabs, the George Soros, all these atheists. You know, many of the atheists have been put into the Pontifical Academy of Life and Pontifical Academy of Social Science just recently. They don't believe they they don't believe in individual freedom. They believe in the UN corporate um oligarch, you know, it's they're smarter than the average, you know. That's right. Local. And you they're know smart. who you know who is chaplain to Yes. WEF, New World Order. He's definitely. Yeah. Okay, here's another. This is question 1B. And then, so I don't mean to derail you because I want to get back to all the topics you want to. But another thing that we hear in the Latin mass world is Trump's no good because he has LGBT people on his staff. And Trump's no good because of Operation um, uh, Warp Speed pushing the vaccine. Yeah. I'm very much against the fact that, that Trump pushed the vaccine. But this yeah. is the way I see it is when we are looking at the backdrop of totally open borders, hundreds of thousands of children getting trafficked, um, hundreds of thousands of military-age males crossing the border, and the possibility that we become the next China. Yeah. My view on all of this is um, Trump is still our very best because he buys us some time on this. We're not, I'm not looking for Pope King St. Louis the Ninth oh. as if we're about to become, you know, a Catholic monarchy in this country. The fact that the UN and Soros still barely sees this country as the center of freedom, that tells me the only guy who can buy us some time is Trump, even even granted that he isn't a great Catholic, probably not living in sanctifying grace. The very fact he holds to any aspect of freedom for this country um, 
tells me he's the only guy who's going to buy us some time. Well, Father, look at the persecution he's undergoing with respect to the global elite and and those in the United States government. This man is being persecuted every time he lifts up his head. What are there, four or five criminal cases? All all phony, all yep. Trump up. Um, and, you know, and I, I would take issue with the Latin mass um, uh, group because I find them, you know, and I speak to all different kinds of organizations, I find them much more attuned to what's really going on, the reality at the border, than I do um, the Catholic elite, the Catholic who go to the Catholic charities gala, um, the Catholics who are, you know, the social Catholics who um uh, you know, very well educated, very powerful, wonderful jobs, millionaires. Uh, they're clueless about what's going on the border, clueless about Catholic charities, um, complicity of human trafficking and drug trafficking, absolutely clueless. And to, I just talked to, you know, largely, um, I think it's a largely traditional Latin mass group um, this past week. And I found them, you know, understanding about you know, certainly the global um, exploitation of children, um, the UN, Francis. Um, and so I, I think they, you know, for whatever reason, my experience has been, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm- Oh yeah, and sorry, I don't mean no, to, that's don't, my I tribe. I've only done, oh, sorry, yeah. real quick. I've only done the Latin mass for the last seven, if there's anybody new to this channel, I've only done the traditional Latin mass the last seven years. So that's my tribe. I'm just yeah. picking well, out one of the, one of a hundred things I disagree with them on, on Trump, like, why this opposition to Trump for the very people that understand the horrors of abortion and trafficking? Why this opposition to Trump? I don't know. You know, um, we ought to know by now as adults, right, that no human being is going to be a saint or a savior, right? It's uh, Jesus Christ is, and that's why this country has to get on its knees and turn back to Jesus Christ, because Trump is an imperfect vessel, as Steve Bannon often says um he's he is the best that we have at the moment um on the political scene running you know obviously um he was unprepared as everybody was for this you know global hoax um and i'm sure now would have done things much differently um but uh you know, we have three Supreme Court justices that are pro-life. Um, the Dobbs decision overturned Roe versus Wade. I'm not looking for perfection in my political. This is a spiritual war that we are in. We have to be aware of the political complexities in our in our communities, in our country as a whole, to be aware of what the challenges that are. I mean, how to you know raise families with all the competing satanic diabolical global elites coming at you know children even you know in schools you know we we see all this we got to be aware we can't be naive we cannot be naive which requires we've got to get our information from places other than um msnbc and fox news right i mean we just have newspapers for that matter i mean people haven't figured alternative media is a wealth of information. And this is where being Catholics, you know, we use our faith and our reason to discern and pray to discern what is the truth? What does God want me to know? What does God want me to see? What is the best approach to raise my family, um, to make decisions in my life with all the competing lies? I mean, 
the you know the father of lies is running rampant. Right? That's right. And so, and so it's very difficult for people to sort all this out and to um and to find a path forward. Um, and this is why, you know, this Peter Santanello I watched, the last one I saw, he has 9 million views for him interviewing the Arizona sheriffs. Right. And the sheriffs were just as apolitical as him. But, yeah, right. you know, he's just asking about these open borders. And they just honestly say, well, we can't do anything under Biden and we yeah. could do our job under Trump. And so Peter, being slightly left of center, pushes back and says, well, there must be a lot of different opinions on open borders or, or rather immigration. And they said, well, there used to be a rule that you had to uh, come into the country legally, and there were certain portals that you had to use to cross the border, and we used to be able to enforce that. So you could tell from the sheriff's answer, it really wasn't very sensationalistic. And I didn't mean to turn this podcast into some pro-Trump thing, yeah. but the fact that that even a slightly left of center guy with a you know one of his numerous videos having 9 million views has a sheriff saying, well, under Biden, we couldn't do our job, and under Trump, we can you you combine that to what you said 30 minutes ago about who's crossing the border as terrorists, who's crossing the border as trafficked, who's crossing the border as traffickers. And, you know, we're we're on our way to destruction or redemption here. Yeah. Destruction from within. Right. Yeah. And they have no idea how vicious, um, monstrous these cartels are. Uh, these gangs are. I mean, you start looking at the newspaper with new eyes, you're going to see, and a lot, in a lot of this is being censored, but you're going to see things pop up and you'll get, uh, and everybody's got to be, they have to have situational awareness from now on. You know, we have to be, you know, if our government is not going to protect us, which at the present time, you know, based on, you know, just based on these OIG reports, people, you know, they're saying Biden administration, I don't care if kids are missing. I don't care. That's what the OIG report is saying. We don't care. We don't care. We're not going to do it. It's not our problem. So if the government is not going to protect us from these gangs, these terrorists, um, the infiltration of our communities, the violence, then it falls within the individual. I mean, maybe we're back to the wild, wild west. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but um, the numbers certainly demonstrate that. And so, um, you know, there's a great book. I would encourage people. It's kind of an old book. I think it was published in 1999. It's called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. And he talks about, and this is, kind of, this is really kind of what I think is a, a very spiritual gift that God gave us, you know, that sixth sense. And Gavin DeBecker talks about we need to develop our sixth sense, that that internal warning system that says, you know, turn around, look the other way. If something doesn't feel right, listen to it. Don't dismiss it. Um, and, you know, that's a God-given gift that, um, like all gifts, we need to develop. Um, and I think, um, you know, if you read that book, you're going to understand um, that we're not helpless, that as human beings, you know, we are given you know, the, the gifts to protect our family, ourselves. And um, I, I, I'm i just, you know, worried about the country and upcoming generations um, based on this amazing. And, you know, this is the thing, Father, I don't know if they're all sitting around waiting to get the word, the trigger. Okay, it's game on, folks. And even, even if, okay, if there's 10 million and even if there's just 100,000, just 100,000, the chaos that 100,000 criminals, terrorists can 
on this country is unimaginable. So, um, you know, as Catholics, we, you know, and this is what the liberals, you know, and the liberals understand us. The left understands what our gifts are better than we do. Now, there was an article in the Radical Atlantic magazine, way left, and it was talking about the new weapon that Christ the Catholics have, and it's the rosary. <laughs> they understand the, they power, the rosary. I love it. And, yeah. you know, that's what's happening in Europe, too, as a result of the, the breakdown of society and civilization. We now have these men's rosary groups walking through the streets of Ireland in various towns, in Poland in various towns, and it's going to take off. This is, you know, the renewal of Christianity. And, um, you know, it's going to be our blessed mother, the power of the rosary to protect us from this evil. And so, um, you know, I mean, I would like to see, you know, the most troubling thing, of course, is the fact that, you know, the Vatican isn't on the side of, you know, people who want to protect our borders and um, is pushing the globalist agenda. I mean, that's to me, very, very distressing. Um, and, and even, even before you and I were waking up to the problems in the Vatican, I always uh, hyperlink a life site news article from 2016. So we're, we're, this is what, eight years ago, I think it was $82 million given from the Biden organization to the USCCB to stay silent on pro-life issues Yes. and to promote immigration. So the USCCB has been taking money from the Democratic uh, uh, Party, millions and millions and millions of oh, yeah. dollars every year to- $462 million to various Catholic organizations um, from to USCCB, not, not even to the USCCB, Catholic Charities, CRS, $462 million in one year. And interestingly, um, when Trump got into office, he reduced the grants to U, uh, the USCCB, Catholic Charities, et cetera, by 50%. And when Biden came in, they were increased 150%. Wow. So are we following the money? Are we making political decisions in the USCCB based on the bottom line? Is that what this is all about? Um, you know, I fear it is because the, you know, silence regarding the life issue um, and to me, the border is, um, nothing's as important as the abortion issue, but the border is a life issue. That's right. And anybody who's down there for a New York minute understands the danger to uh, vulnerable lives that this situation has created. So, And I also uh, like, Liz, how you always point out, anytime the FBI comes out, and you work with the FBI, anytime that topic comes up, you always point out, how do they have nothing better to do than arrest Latin mass Catholics and pro-life Catholics? And I think that's where you make a good point. This could be the Wild West, because even if it's not like how Alex Jones said on Tucker's show, you know, there's going to be this kill switch. They all get the, you know, yeah. something overnight. Even if that's not the case, we certainly have terrorists in this country and situational awareness is going to be key to any father of a family out there. Well, yeah. how many... How many chicken processing plants have been burned to the ground? You know, oh, all of a sudden, you know, what, 200, 300, I, I, hundreds, right? I mean, those are the kinds of things like, oh, yeah, just suddenly all these chicken processing plants. And, you know, my, my word to Catholics at this point, 
and especially to Latin mass goers. And as we see them picking off Latin masses one by one each week now yep. and, and canceling good and holy priests, um, it is time to fight back. It okay, how do we do time- that? How do you how do people do okay, that? All right, this is it is time to use the Catholic imagination that we have. That same Catholic imagination that Alexander Teshugel flew from Austria to Rome to walk into the um church, grab the uh wooden Pachamamas and throw them in the Tiber, right? That was a moment of celebration. That was a um moment of resistance. I mean, that pagan idol. And um, we had to have a young 26-year-old convert, you know, figure out that what is needed. So with respect to the Latin Mass, um, I really, you know, whether it's going underground, whether it's saying no, first of all, look, you know, if if you own the building, if you own, and many of these places are owned by the laity or owned by, you know, the, the orders that built them and bought them and, you know, go tell the, go tell these bishops, go pound sand. You know, what are they going to do to you? You know, they're they're going to, you know, uh, laicize you, excommunicate you. <laughs> so what? You know, at this point, at this point, um, we are facing, we're going to face, look, and I'm, I've been living and breathing this. We're going to face a new mass. We're going to face. Um, the and by new, new mass, you don't, you don't just mean the Novus Ordo. You mean the Novus Ordo is going to get changed. A new world religion liturgy that encompasses yes. all religion. That's what's been going on in the Vatican, folks. Why yeah. do you think they have Pach- Pachamama? Why do you think he has pagan ceremonies? Why do you think he's elevating Martin Luther King or Martin Luther to you know sainthood? This is what is going on, and we have to you know look down downstream, anticipate what's coming. Where are you going to draw the line and say no more? It would seem to me that these thriving. Um, young TLM masses, this is where we draw the line. Whether, okay, so if you if you can't keep saying the mass, then find a place to do it and grow it and grow it big. But it's, you know, the, the bishops are, you know, not going to fight for the faith at all. They're not going to fight, but they're just, you know, they're just folding like cheap suits. It is time for Catholic men to say, you know, sorry, you know, we built this church with our hard-earned money, um, and we've supported this church. You're not going to take away a Latin mass. Um, let me tag two things. I I, I want to just wind you up and keep you talking as long as possible. But I want to add two quick things. One, um, St. Athanasius kept his ministry going even when he was excommunicated. So there comes yeah. a point where you have to put the apostolic faith ahead of authority. We have precedent. So people can't just say, well, the two of you sound like Martin Luther. No, no, no. St. Athanasius kept his ministry going even when suspended. And I we could talk, I could talk for hours about what is supply jurisdiction, secondary to a global state of emergency, what all that means, but we don't have time for that today. Um, and then a practical key to what Liz was saying on there is get ghost purchasers for those churches. You know, you go to places, the Great Lakes, you go to uh the Rust Belt, Pennsylvania, Ohio, they're closing all these beautiful churches. And what they're doing is all over, especially all over the East Coast, the bishops would literally, I'm not exaggerating, they would literally rather sell these beautiful old churches to either Muslims or nightclubs than traditional Catholics. So you have to be, you have to get ghost purchasers if you're going to get these places. If you put your name down as, you know, Larry Smith, who goes to the TLM, you won't get it. 
Uh, the people who are going to turn it into a club will get it. So that's one way to do it is um, ghost purchasing. Yeah, I mean, it breaks my heart. It's exhausting. Um, he has ramped up. He's at lightning speed. You know, uh, one thing, fiduciary supplicants, more TLM closings. I mean, the one in Austin. I mean, how long? It's been going on for decades, right? Um, you know, I mean. Talking about St. Mary's Cathedral in Austin being closed this last week, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I just think it's time to stand up to the tyrant and um, and to Roach and to Francis and to all these bishops. They didn't even see, did you see the week, the week statement they made on fiducia supplicants? I mean, come on, do they think we're really that dumb or naive or stupid? I mean, you know, it's just, they're just not going to fight the culture battle. And we are in. They are going to fight it. They're just on the wrong guy's side. <laughs> wrong side, right? Yeah, exactly, Father. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I'm trying not to waste energy in in convincing them of the right. If they don't know media, oh, well, we've got one bishop, one bishop who stood up for the deposit of the faith. I mean, really? And he got canceled. And he got canceled. Yeah. And yeah. and so you know it's. You know, when you start parsing out what they haven't done, and of course, having been involved in fighting clergy abuse and knowing, you know, the cover up and all those things, um, you know, I will never forget, you know, the men who were abused as young boys and teenagers and how that destroyed their lives and how we lost, you know, just we just lose these guys who walked away from the church lost their families, their cousins, their grandparents, everybody. They're like, they walked away when they found out what happened. You're talking about the kids who were abused by priests. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, we've got to be creative. I'm, I'm just, this is my thing. And this is kind of, we have got to use that, you know, the Holy Spirit will guide us. Um, we need to figure out how to keep, the Latin mass alive and thriving, because that is the way to carry on the faith to the next generation. And they know it. The That's right. Knows it. Maybe the I FBI, will. Maybe FBI I will. Knows give, it. The FBI knows it. Right? Can you believe that? So I mean, the only explanation of that is that there's really two sides and people are either being informed by angels or they're being informed by demons. I know that's what everyone expects the no, priest to say, but no, this is, no, this is true. the point we're at. Mm-hmm. That people are either on the side of angels or their side of demons because they're the the left knows things they couldn't know except for preternatural knowledge like that. I, yeah, that's a good point, Father. Yeah, it's so. I mean, I don't, you know, easy for me to say and to rant. Um, my heart goes out to these folks who've been, you know, denied um, this beautiful liturgy. It's just the beauty and the truth is just staggering to me, and um, you know, with a uh, a nasty letter from Rome. Um, this comes straight from Rome. Right? Yes, it did. That's right. From Rome. And, um, but we need men to say, stand up and say, no, you're not going to do that. No, no. And that's right. And we need priests who are willing to say, you know, do whatever you want to me. You know, I I'm right with God. <laughs> I mean, and, right. uh, and I know it's, it calls upon all of us to be martyrs and suffering for the faith. Um, but it seems to me the faith, the Latin mass, everything. I mean, I have, you know, uncle, uncles, great uncles, aunts who were you know, religious, uncles who were priests. 
And this is the faith that was passed on to me. And I'm going to just, oh, well, you know, the Argentine apostate said we can't have the Latin mass anymore. Okay. You know, um, yeah, you know, I was I was at Fatima and I was we had uh, Taylor Marshall and I we had uh, about 60 people on a pilgrimage and someone asked me under the tree where the angel appeared. This was a year ago before we even saw these things getting closed down. They said, what do we do if the bishop closed down our Latin mass? Can we still go? And I said, I don't want to answer that question directly for you. What I want to do is give you the tools to, to ask yourself the right questions theologically. And I said, the real question is does a priest have supplied jurisdiction, which is basically God gives his rights around a bishop to a priest to keep doing his thing, which I know sounds, once again, like Martin Luther sounds like Protestantism, except here's the difference. That actually works in Catholic theology if we have a global state of emergency. So this is, I know this is some inside baseball terms for everybody, but the question you have to ask yourself is, is there supplied jurisdiction? Can a priest keep going with the sacraments, even if he's shut down by the bishop? Why? Because there's a global state of emergency. Now, the question each person has to ask themselves is, is there a global state of emergency? Um, is the Vatican and the bishops actually keeping, holding, teaching, preserving and defending the Catholic faith? If ever, and this is why I want to put this in a question, if ever there were a time you could in your own conscience answer no to that, then you should accept supply jurisdiction secondary to a global state of emergency. And then you can do what Liz just said, which is get creative, because I know Catholics might get a little bit worried about your word creative right there, but that's the whole question they have to answer, ask themselves. If there is a global state of emergency to the faith that is attacking not just a biblical faith like whatever Martin Luther said, but the actual apostolic faith that has come from the magisterium and the liturgy as has always been in the Catholic Church, then you have a right to do exactly what Liz said, which is get creative. And I'm not SSPX. Liz Liz is an SSPX. I like them. That's the question that they had to ask and what Archbishop Lefebvre had to ask. Um, but that's really the morality, uh, why some Catholics out there might pump the brakes on your thing of, of getting creative. But for me, I'm 100% in your category, Liz, because now I'm going to say what I believe, even though I tell everyone that question they have to ask themselves. I do believe there's a global state of emergency. So Liz is correct. You, can, you have to get creative at this point. You know, we had the parking lot masses, you know, you know, whatever. This is the Catholic creativity that built the magnificent Gothic cathedrals to our Blessed Mother all over Europe, right? This right. is, you know, the heroic, brave, humble, self-sacrificing. I mean, the, the, those, those cathedrals were built because of people's faith. And, um, and so, I mean, obviously it's the Holy Spirit who's going to direct this. Yeah. Obviously, you know, if God wants everything to collapse and disappear, it will disappear. But we got to have some fight in this. We have to have some fight. Yeah. I mean, it's like if someone if someone showed up to your door and said they were police and they had the authority and they're going to take your kids away. Do you just say, well, I'm called to be obedient to the state. I have to do that. Yeah, exactly. No, there's limits. There are limits to obedience, but there's not limits to faith, hope and charity. Yeah. So, you know, we're obviously uh, this is the greatest crisis ever in the history of the church. Everybody's saying this. Yeah. Um, it calls for um, martyrs, saints um, and great creativity um, and um, and deeper and deeper prayer. Um, but I think 
you know, our Lord is watching all of this and say, how much do you, you know, what he said to um, Peter, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? You know, and it's a question that we, we have to ask ourselves, how much do we love the church and God and our, and, you know, there's gotta be, I mean, don't we realize that the hierarchy is just sadly, is not going to do our bidding for us. They're not going to fight the good fight. They're not going to, I, you know, it's sad. It's infuriating. They're not going to, um, they're afraid of the tyrant in Vatican city. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, you cannot give a person a spine. If they don't have a spine, they're not going to do it. If they don't have faith, they're not willing. They wear red, you know, because of the martyr, right? They're not willing to lay down their lives for Holy Mother Church. So that, you know, as, as Fulton Sheen said, the fight is up to the laity. The laity are going to save the church. Um, and I think we have to start having this conversation. I'm just opening it up for a conversation. Father, I don't have all the answers. Um, you know, I tire of signing petitions that go nowhere. Um, I really think it's important to figure out, brainstorm what what the next movement measure that we need to take to, um, and, and, and this is a great evangelization, isn't it? When people see us fighting, you know, for truth and for beauty and for our church and for our Lord Jesus Christ, then they say, oh, I want that. I want that. This emptiness in my secular life, I want that. Um, that's right. And we've even seen we've even seen a lot of evangelicals become Latin mass Catholics because they they're looking at the divide in the church, which I often think is extremely embarrassing. But when people see people fighting for the truth, um, it's it's bringing them in there. And, you know, I'm on the free Zoom, everybody. So I'm really sorry. I could listen to Liz for another three hours. I was not expecting this pep talk, but I'm ready to go conquer the world for Christ after hearing Liz talk, but I have less than a minute do, on this free Zoom it. thing. So any, any last final thoughts, Liz, before, before my Zoom cuts me off here? Uh, no, I just share, share St. Catherine of Siena's line, which I love. It's like, start being brave about everything. Um, and, you know, put your feet on the floor every morning and say those words. And um, I think our Lord will give you challenges and um, fight for fight the good fight. Start being brave about everything. I love it. Thanks for joining us today, Liz. Thank you, Father. Good God bless you. Take care. Bye bye.